Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This morning, flood warnings, homes inundated, dams spill and November rain records tumble. Shut in for a week, a confirmed COVID case at a Byron Bay hostel forces dozens into isolation. A party-goer punished for sending an entire region into lockdown. Third time lucky, a fight ahead as Scott Morrison plans to introduce his religious discrimination bill. And the skyline changes. The stacks toppled at one of our oldest power stations. This is 7 News with Jody Spears. Good morning. Heavy rain and storms are smashing parts of central Australia and the east coast this morning. This map shows just how wet it's going to get. Several states are bracing for a soaking with widespread falls between 25 and 100 millimetres. But higher totals and thunderstorms are likely. The biggest falls are expected today and tomorrow, affecting areas already dealing with flooding. La Nina living up to its name. Day one of the weather event, roads have been cut off, events cancelled and homes flooded. We've got the construction next door and uh, the water has just fallen straight off into our property. Rain bucketed down in Brisbane, sending clay sludge swilling down this Eagle Farm street. All in there, all on the path. In parts of country New South Wales, flood water is inside some homes and surrounding others. I've been here 35 years or so and this is the wettest I've seen it for a while. This is Gunnedah, soaked after the heaviest November rain in 71 years. Residents are moving what they can to higher ground. We don't know if the water's going to come up more or drop more or we're at the mercy of the weather now. Farms have lost crops and across the northwest, dams are beyond capacity. Sydney's Warragamba Dam also expected to spill. New South Wales has had more than two months' worth of rain in the past few weeks. Predictions are we could see another 100 millimetres fall in parts by tomorrow. Flash flooding uh, is a real concern when the creeks are already high and the ground is already wet. Georgia Holland, 7 News. A backpacker's hostel in Byron Bay is in lockdown this morning after a COVID case was discovered. 84 close contacts have been identified and remain in isolation at the Aquarius backpackers for the next seven days. Local MP Tamara Smith posted the news on Facebook last night saying police are monitoring compliance 24 hours a day while those inside are being offered support. 
A young girl from Victoria has become South Australia's first COVID case since the borders reopened. She tested positive after arriving for a family visit. The girl and her parents have gone back to their home state to isolate. Their South Australian relatives are right now in home quarantine. Authorities say this infection will be the first of many. Victoria is on track to reach its 90% double-dose target for vaccinations later today. For first doses, it's sitting at around 93%. COVID infections continue to surge, though, the state recording a jump of around 300 cases yesterday. A woman has been slapped with a hefty fine for breaking out of a Western Sydney COVID hotspot to party in Newcastle. 21-year-old Salafa Aguib repeatedly lied to police and ignored warnings to turn around, unknowingly taking COVID on her trip north and sending the region into a months-long lockdown. In late July, 21-year-old Salafa Aguib left an area of COVID concern and headed in a train to Newcastle, breaching health orders and becoming directly linked to an outbreak of infection. What do you say to the people of Newcastle? Aguib joined her friend, 20-year-old Josephine Lardo, who had also left Sydney's West, defying restrictions. Confronted by police, the pair tried to disguise their addresses, then ignored directions to return home, instead going to several venues and attending parties. Afterwards, they both tested COVID positive. A lot of people think, I won't get caught, but you did, and it led to significant issues for Newcastle. A lockdown of 600,000 Hunter residents. Both Aguib and Lardo, who has already been sentenced, pleaded guilty. The magistrate told the court she had intended to slap a community corrections order on Aguib, but instead, for the sake of parity with her co-accused, handed down a $4,000 fine. As a magistrate in Orange fined three removalists $1,100 each after they travelled to the Central West in July, despite one testing positive to COVID. Would you like to say anything? Days after twins Ronnie and Ramzan Sharka were escorted back to Sydney, their mother died after contracting the virus. The court also ordered the men to pay $2,000 compensation for the deep clean of a police car. Chris Maher, 7 News. The federal government will finally introduce its religious discrimination bill into parliament today. Political reporter Taylor Aiken is in Canberra with the details. Good morning, Taylor. Does this deliver on the Prime Minister's pledge to protect religious freedom? Good morning, Jody. Well, the government is surely hoping that this third draft of its religious discrimination bill is enough for it to sail through the parliament. Prime Minister Scott Morrison will personally introduce the legislation today, but it is watered down wording, looks to ensure statements of belief are not considered discriminatory as long as they aren't threatening or malicious. The government is confident it will pass the legislation in the lower house, but it will have to rely on support from Labor or key crossbenchers for it to pass in the Senate. Meanwhile, rogue Queensland MP George Christensen has hit out at state COVID restrictions, likening them to regimes of Nazi Germany and Russia. The totalitarian path, the path that we are unquestionably on, has never ended well. The solution is a rediscovery of human dignity, along with, and I don't say the this lightly, civil disobedience. Time. 
Prime Minister Scott Morrison says he denounces any type of violence, but Labor has also accused Mr Christensen of inciting violence on social media. Jody. OK, Taylor Aiken, thank you. Police in Victoria are expected to charge a man over the disappearance of two campers last year. Detectives are questioning a senior airline pilot for a third day. Greg Lynn remains in custody after being arrested on Monday night. It's believed the 55-year-old had a significant firearm collection, which included rifles and shotguns. Campers Russell Hill and Carol Clay vanished from the state's high country in March. No helmet, no fear and no common sense. An e-scooter rider has been busted breaking the speed limit on a Brisbane street. Outpacing a police motorcycle going 68 in a 60 zone, well over the scooter's 25 kilometre an hour limit. Two chimneys and a boiler house, once a major source of pollution, have been demolished in spectacular style in New South Wales. It took only 20 seconds to bring them down at the old Wang power station near Lithgow. The site is now destined for a green future, with new owners Greenspot clearing the contaminated land for a business park, planning battery storage for renewable energy. Police divers have arrived at the home where William Tyrrell was last seen alive to search a number of water tanks. They've been using a camera mounted on a pole to investigate the inside of a tank underneath a balcony of the New South Wales property. Detectives are investigating if the boy fell from the balcony at his foster grandmother's house and if his body was dumped in nearby bushland. The renewed search for William is entering its 11th day. As we head into Christmas, parents will no doubt be stocking up on batteries to power plenty of toys. But what to do with them once they're flat has always been a problem. Now an Australian company is planning to use Finnish technology to solve the dilemma. From toxic landfill to supercharged crops, flat batteries are being turned into liquid fertiliser. We're taking waste and we're putting it back into our soil. It's part of a national strategy to increase our recycling of batteries Currently, 90% end up in the tip. The fertiliser approach really works for single-use batteries, but we also are working with rechargeable batteries. In the process, plastic and steel components are stripped and recycled, the zinc and manganese then extracted and converted into fertiliser. A kilo of batteries can produce 2.7 litres of zinc manganese sulphate. A kilogram of batteries can treat one hectare of farmland. After two years of development, Renutrients claims it's now sold 50,000 litres of the fertiliser. And if we don't start conserving these materials, we won't have enough battery materials to, have, to, to power uh, the products that we all like to use. Currently it's produced for commercial uses. The same concept can be used in home, home gardens as well. That's the next step, is to make sure we have a, an adequate collection um, capability across Australia. Which is exactly what will happen when the B-Cycle National Program launches early next year. Retailers like Woolworths, Coles, Aldi, Kmart and all the entire supply chain is working together to provide a solution. Evan Batten, 7 News. When the pandemic sent marriage plans into disarray last year, just under 79,000 Australian couples tied the knot. That's a 30% decrease on the previous year and the lowest number of marriages registered since 1961. The most popular date for weddings in 2020 was October the 10th. 2,191 couples got hitched. 
Checking finance now, the Dow Jones is trading down this morning. The Nasdaq is higher. In London, the FTSE added and Germany's DAX lost. Closer to home, Japan's Nikkei closed lower. Hong Kong's Hang Seng rose. The All Lords finished lower, as did the ASX 200. On the commodities market, gold is trading at 1,787 US dollars an ounce. Oil is 78 US dollars a barrel. The Aussie dollar buying 71.9 US cents, almost 83 Japanese yen and a dollar four New Zealand. The World Health Organisation is warning Europe's fourth COVID wave could see a catastrophic rise in the number of deaths over winter. Another 700,000 Europeans could die by March 1, taking the continent's COVID death toll to more than 2.2 million. The surge in cases has seen Austria return to lockdown, while Germany and the Netherlands have announced new restrictions. Sweden's parliament has confirmed the country's first female prime minister. Magdalena Andersson was formally approved after replacing the former prime minister as leader of the Social Democrats. Sweden is the last Nordic country to have elected a woman as national leader. Olaf Scholz has been named as Germany's next Chancellor, almost two months after the country went to the polls. The Social Democrat leader will replace Angela Merkel, who's led Germany for 16 years. Scholz was announced as Chancellor after a deal was struck between the Social Democrats, the Greens and the Free Democratic Party to govern in a three-way coalition. A curious deer learnt a very important lesson when he got trapped inside a school classroom in the US. The buck entered the Tennessee Elementary School through an emergency exit but couldn't find his way back out again. He caused a bit of mess during his visit. A wildlife officer was called in to help show the buck back out again. An American man jailed for more than 40 years for a crime he didn't commit has been released from prison after his conviction was overturned. Let's go live to US correspondent David Boywood. Good morning, David. It's an incredible result after almost half a lifetime behind bars. Incredible, Jody. 43 years behind bars, in fact. And today, Kevin Strickland is a free man. The 62-year-old had spent the best part of four and a half decades in a Missouri prison convicted of the shooting murder of three people in 1973. A witness at the scene at the time wrongly identified Mr Strickland as the gunman. They later recanted that evidence and had been working to overturn the conviction, which happened yesterday. All convictions and a 50-year sentence were quashed. And the way Kevin discovered he was to be released, pretty remarkable as well. I was actually watching a soap opera. And they <laughs> thing went across news break or whatever they call them. And, and I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. So that's how you learned? That's how I learned. You saw your own name on the screen? In the picture, yes. And then other inmates started hollering. And I heard them beating on walls and carrying on. An incredible story. Uh, his wrongful imprisonment, one of the longest now in US history. His first request, though, on the outside, a personal one, it was to visit his mother's grave. She recently died and he never got the chance to say goodbye. Jody, Incredible. OK, thanks, David. It's been called a holy grail of Australian music. Lost for 55 years, this is the moment Australian rock came of age on the world stage, the Easy Beats' first performance on British TV. The missing 1966 film was owned by former Channel 7 director Tony Cullerton and discovered by his daughter, who's given it to the National Film and Sound Archive. They said it was gold! <laughs> uh, right, they were very, very happy and they told me to go and have a look for any more. That one performance had an audience bigger than the population of Australia. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. In sport, Jason Horn francis has become the first South Australian to be selected at number one in the AFL draft in 15 years, with the 18-year-old snapped up by North Melbourne last night. Western Bulldogs' father-son draftee Sam Darcy was the number two pick, while Finn Callahan is off to GWS as pick three. But it was Darcy Wilmot who stole the show, mobbed by his mates after being selected by the Brisbane Lions. Dylan Napo will soon call the south of France home. The former Bulldogs prop signing a two-year deal with Super League club Catalan's Dragons with the option for a third year. Manly star Josh Alloyer has tested positive to COVID-19, forcing the cancellation of his fight against Paul Gallen next month. Candace Warner has weighed in on the Tim Payne sexting scandal that cost him the test captaincy. With Payne intent on playing in the Ashes squad after stepping down, Warner says she's uncomfortable with Cricket Australia's response to the situation. They're basically saying that it's it's not okay for an Australian cricket captain to send these messages, but it's it's okay for an Australian player. Now, as a wife of an Australian cricketer, that is slightly concerning. And um, it does make me worry. And Australia's a step closer to having a new test captain with Pat Cummins and Steve Smith interviewed by a Cricket Australia panel. Melbourne's favourite mother and daughter duo from Fountain Lakes has been honoured with a mural. The portrait of fictional characters Kath and Kim is three metres tall and it's made out of fairy bread. It's part of a fundraiser for youth mental health service reachout.com. So far, the locals agree that it's nice, it's different and it's unusual. <laughs> Taking a look at the weather around the country now, troughs with a low and a front are leading to widespread rain and storms in the Northern Territory, South Australia, Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria and Tasmania. Rain and storms will be intense in some inland areas leading to flooding. A high will clear much of WA's south and west and warm, west, warm easterly winds should affect the west. Around the capitals today, showers in Brisbane, heading for a top of 28 degrees. Rain increasing in Sydney, 27. Rain and possible storms, the top of 23 in Canberra. A shower or two heading for 19 in Melbourne. A shower or two developing in Hobart, 20 degrees. Partly cloudy, 22 in Adelaide. Sunny and warm in Perth, 32 the top. And a shower or two and a possible storm, 35 degrees in Darwin. And that's 7 Early News for this Thursday, the 25th of November.